Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Stockwell service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Good morning, everyone. Well, I'm really excited to be back sharing with you this morning and to continue our series on Luke. Uh, Before we begin, let's just quickly pray. Father, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus, and I thank you. I thank you for this day. I pray, Lord, that you use me as a willing vessel this morning. And as we gather here, we pray that you open our hearts and minds to your word. May it shine like a lamp guiding us on our journey of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen, amen. amen. Guys, you can talk back to me if you like. Gonna get a little Pentecostal this morning. Um, so, for those that don't know me, my name is Shaninga, and I'm married to the lovely Helen. We have um, we own a house that is run by two little people. Uh, one is ten. That's Layla is ten, and Tammy is five. We also have a four-legged lodger called Buddy, who doesn't pay rent, but he's now best friends with Dan, and Dan is an Uh, an answer to prayer because I do not walk buddy because me and him have beef if you want to know about that we have I have many uh, talks and sermons that I've done where I mentioned buddy you are welcome to go onto the website listen to the sermons you'll you'll hear the full story of why me and buddy have beef but um, he's Dan's problem now so while while uh, preparing for today's talk um I mentioned that I was going to be preaching to some of the kids I work with. And for those that don't know, I run a youth charity and we work here in Brixton. And since becoming a dad, I now enjoy the occasional dad joke as most of the dads in the room. Yes, 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 we've embraced this. I've embraced the dad joke um, thing. I I enjoy them very much so. So if you've got any good dad jokes, please send them on to me. I will gladly share them on my Instagram page. so I, 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 I like to share these dad jokes with these kids, so much so that uh, the kids have taken to greeting me with dad jokes now. I, I didn't ask for this, but in a way I did. And, uh, but there's a really bad. Um, and I was talking to this kid, I was mentioning that I was going to be preaching, and his response to me telling him that I was going to be preaching was him saying, why did the scarecrow become a successful preacher? And I was like, what? I don't know. Why did the scarecrow become a successful preacher? And he said, because he was outstanding in his field. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I said. Take it in, people. Lean into the joke. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I was like, what? That I am using on Sunday. It was, it, was, it was so good. It was so good. I was like, I stood there like a proud papa bear going, yes, you're going to be a great dad, young man. <laughs> Today, we are going to be exploring um, a powerful passage from the gospel according to Luke chapter 8, verses 16 to 21. If you have your Bibles, please pull them out. If you have your phones with a Bible app, please turn to that app. If you don't, the, the scripture is going to come up behind me. I'm going to read it. It says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. 
For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. In these verses, Jesus gives us valuable lessons about shining the light of faith and the significance of hearing and embracing God's word. I remember when I was younger, there was a show on, a show on TV that we used to watch called Desmond's. Anyone used to watch Desmond's? Anyone remember Desmond's? No? Just a couple of people? Okay, cool. Shows our age. It's all right. We're, we're aging gracefully, people. Desmond's was a great show. It's about this Jamaican family who had a barbershop in Peckham. And a whole bunch of stuff would happen. One of the characters that was in that barbershop was a guy called Matthew. He was an African student. And almost always, um, his contribution to, to any type of conversation was happening, that, that was happening at the time would be to start with, there's an old African saying. And then he'd follow it with, think about it. So I'm going to share with you this really short African story. And I want you to think about it. Once upon a time, a wise old man carried a lantern with him wherever he went. When asked why he needed the light during the day, he replied, it's not for me. It's for those who have lost their way in the darkness. Think about it. Our passage today echoes this sentiment, reminding us that the reason our faith must shine is to help others find their way to God. The reason our faith must shine bright is to help others find their way to God. Can we get a little Pentecostal? What I'd like you to do is just turn, amen, <laughs> preach, preach. Um, I want you to just turn to your neighbor and just say to your neighbor, let your light shine. Now, now turn to your other neighbor and say to your other neighbor, let your light shine. Now, now, we believe in the power of three, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So you're going to turn behind you and turn to the person behind you and say, let your light shine. Amen. Listen, if you take one thing away from today's service, is just to, one, think about it, and two, remember to let your light shine. Remember to let your light shine. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes we get distracted by the cares of this world, by life, by worries, that we forget to let our light shine. And the shadow of this world and the shadow of, of issues that are facing us start to dim our light. The Bible is reminding us that we need to let our light shine. And this is what God wants us to do. He's given you many gifts, many talents, and he wants you to let those shine through. Because through you, someone will see the love of God. Through your gifts and your talents, someone will see the light that God has for them. So do not underestimate that and do not dim your light. Jesus compares our faith to a lamp that should be placed on a stand 
and not hidden. Our faith is not meant to be confined to Sunday mornings, but to radiate through our actions every single day. As wonderful as it is to fellowship on a Sunday and to be around you wonderful, good-looking people who share the same beliefs, it's easy to worship on a Sunday. You know, it's easy to worship when you've got an amazing worship band like we had this morning. Everyone is, is lifting their hands up. Everyone is shouting, glory! And you, you can shout, you feel brave enough to do it. But would you do it on the Victoria line at 9 a.m.? Hmm. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. I'm not going to lie to you. The Lord would have to be like, Shaninga. I'd be like, Lord? Shout glory. Mm, maybe tomorrow, Jesus. So the challenge comes when we leave, when we leave here today and we go back to our homes, we go back to our communities, we go back to our jobs. The scripture is telling us that in order to understand God's teachings, we must actively listen and engage with his word. That's how we're going to let this light shine through us. When we seek his wisdom with an open heart, he reveals more to us. Our hearts have to be open to what the Lord is saying to us. Sometimes that might be really difficult and really challenging. And how many people have been in that situation where God is speaking to you about something? It really challenges you and you're like, I don't want to receive it. But you have to have an open heart to receive it. Because you know that if I sacrifice now, what's going to come in the future is much better than what I'm going through in this moment that I'm in. So after going through the text, there are three key takeaways that I got from it. The first is, let your faith shine brightly, leading others to God's embrace. The second is, let God's word transform you from within and guide your decisions. The third is, listening attentively enriches our comprehension of God's teachings. So we're going to go through these really quickly, and I'm just going to break them down. And I promise you it will be quick. I'm not going to do that uh, Pentecostal pastor thing where two hours later, embrace yourself. We're about to close three hours later. I'm, I'm closing in a minute. No, we're not doing that. We, we will be done in the next 10, 10, 15 minutes, I promise. The first one, let your faith, amen. Let your faith shine brightly, leading others to God's embrace. In a world that's often dark and confused, as followers of Jesus... We have a mandate to be the beacons of hope and love. By letting our faith shine brightly, this creates opportunities that will lead others to God's embrace. This involves living a life that exemplifies the values and teachings of our faith that can only be found in the word of God. I've got a few examples here, but this is by no means an exhaustive list. I encourage you to go into the word for yourself and to find out what are these key teachings? What are the values that I should be living by? And this is why it's important to have your Bible. I didn't want to make anyone do press-ups today, but usually it's an important thing that you see the word for yourself and that way you're not led astray by um, slick-looking pastors. Here are a few examples um, that I've been taught on my journey of faith, and these have certainly helped me. The first one is living with love and compassion. 
So showing genuine love and compassion to others, regardless of their background or beliefs, demonstrates the core teachings of our faith. Acts of kindness and empathy can touch people's hearts and draw them closer to God. This is a very key lesson that I had to learn. I'm a very compassionate person, but it took a while for me to get there. Um, I don't suffer fools gladly, but the Lord has been working on my patience. <laughs> and, and he was like, you need to have compassion for these people. I said, yeah, but Lord, this guy's acting like a fool, Lord. He's like, yes, but I love him still. I said, okay, Lord, you love him. Um, but it is so important that as believers and as followers of Christ, that we live with love and with compassion, even for those people that we struggle to live with love and compassion with. The second thing is practice humility. Humility is a virtue that can inspire others. By acknowledging their imperfections and being open about their own faith journey, a person can create an approachable and relatable image of their beliefs. And this is where our humility in our faith comes into it. We are no better than anyone else. But um, our love is what's going to bring draw people closer to Christ. The third one is promoting forgiveness. This is a difficult one. Demonstrating forgiveness and seeking reconciliation in conflict exemplifies the teachings that are in our faith. It shows that love and understanding are more powerful than resentment. Forgiveness helps you. If you do not forgive, you end up stuck in a rut and you do not want to be in that situation where you're running around in a circle wondering what's going on because of unforgiveness. Forgiveness is what will set you free. Engage with God's word. Make time for daily devotion, prayer, and meditation on scripture. Let God's word transform you from within and guide your decisions. This is the second thing. Letting God's word transform you from within and guiding your decisions. One person that exemplified this was a guy called Charles Spurgeon. You guys heard of him? Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit famous guy. Charles Spurgeon was a he was he was this prominent figure during the 18th century, uh, 19th century, and is often referred to as the Prince of Preachers. He had an immense impact on Christianity, and his sermons and writings continue to inspire believers today. Throughout his life, Spurgeon faced a number of challenges and trials, including health issues and controversies within the church. Yet, he consistently turned to God's word and prayer for guidance and strength. His sermons often reflected his personal struggles and how he found comfort, wisdom, and direction in scripture. Spurgeon's unwavering commitment to daily devotion and letting God's word transform him from within had a profound effect on his ministry and the lives of countless individuals. His example continues to inspire Christians to prioritize time with God, seek wisdom in scripture, and allow their faith to, to shape their decisions and actions. It is important that we engage with God. Engaging with God might not come easy to some. I remember um, when I first uh, came to my faith, I remember my sister just finding it really easy to pray, to engage with God. To, and I was just like, this is a long 
how are you doing this? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling with engaging with this. What she'd be like, oh, I've read my Bible today. I read this scripture. I read this, and she'd be popping. And I'm like, I, I, man, I'm getting bored, man. I start reading it, and I'm like, find myself falling asleep. I'm like, what? Where is this going? What? This is not even a good story. It's like it's just going back and forth. It's not connected. Where's the thread, Lord? You know, and. But once you engage with it, once you make time for daily devotion, prayer, and meditation on the scripture, you'll start to see something transformative happen in your life. The third takeaway is practice active listening when it comes to the word of God. So how do you do that, Shaninga? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll let you know. When I was at Bible school, I remember one of the teachers consistently saying to us that it's important to read the word, study the word, and meditate the word. Now, the first two I could get down with. Um, you know, I know how to read, and I can read the Bible. At the time, I was in my third year at uni, so I was deep in that study mode. So I know how to study. You read, you take notes. You reference, you know, all the good stuff that made uni fun. You remember that stuff, guys? Yeah, all of that stuff. I, I can study. Now, meditating the word, that one I struggled with. I was like, what is meditating? What do you mean meditating? So I went to, to, the, to the teacher and I said, can you explain this, this meditating the word? And they put it this way, which is really simple. They said, after reading a passage of the Bible, you take a moment to deeply ponder and reflect on its meaning and its relevance to your life. I was like, ah, I can get down with that. Then you ask God to reveal his wisdom and insights to you. So this was a game changer for me when it came to my walk with Christ and understanding what God wanted me to do with my life. There's another guy called St. Augustine of Hippo. He was an influential philosopher and theologian. He has a famous quote which says, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds itself in thee. This quote demonstrates his understanding that Meditating on God's word and seeking a deeper connection with God was essential for finding true fulfillment and peace in life. Once I understood this, I found reading the Bible a lot easier because I was getting revelation as you're reading it. You're starting to get understanding as you're reading it. And God is starting to make it relevant to where I am right now in my life. Shine the light of faith. Embrace God's word. While the band comes up, I told you I'll be quick. While the band comes up, I'm just going to share a story with you that a pastor friend of mine sent me. There was a woman named Sarah who was deeply devoted to her faith in God. She made it a priority to spend time in daily devotion, prayer, and meditation on scripture. Sarah believed that God's word could truly transform her from within and guide her decisions. So she dedicated herself to listening and obeying what God was saying through his scriptures. 
Sarah faced many challenges in her life. One of the most significant challenges was dealing with a chronic health condition that caused her constant pain and limitations in her daily activities. This physical struggle sometimes led her to question God's plan for her life and wonder why she had to endure such suffering. In moments of doubt and despair, Sarah turned to the Bible for comfort and guidance. She found solace in passages that spoke of God's love, compassion, and strength during times of weakness, meditating on verses like Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. She felt reassured that God was with her, even in the midst of her pain. Despite her health challenges, Sarah remained steadfast in her faith and continued to serve others. She volunteered at a local homeless shelter where she met individuals facing their struggles and difficulties. Her compassion and ability to listen without judgment made a significant impact on those she encountered. In time, Sarah's health condition worsened, leading her to the point of being bedridden for extended periods. During this season of isolation and vulnerability, she found herself drawing even closer to God. She spent hours meditating on the Psalms, finding comfort in the honesty and raw emotions expressed by the psalmist. Sarah's unwavering devotion to God's word and her consistent prayer life not only helped her find peace amidst her challenges, but also inspired those around her. Friends and family admired her resilience and ability to trust in God's plan, even when circumstances seemed bleak. As Sarah's physical condition declined, she faced the ultimate challenge of confronting her mortality. But through it all, she held on to her faith and the promise of eternal life in Christ. Her relationship with God had grown so deep that she found herself eagerly anticipating the heavenly embrace she knew awaited her. One day, surrounded by loved ones, Sarah peacefully passed away. Her life had become a powerful testimony of the transformative power of God's word. And when applied faithfully and the profound impact of living a life of compassion and service to others, Sarah's legacy lives on through the lives she touched, the lessons she imparted, and the example she set. She demonstrated that meditating on God's word and allowing it to guide her decisions not only brought her inner peace and strength during trials, but also radiated God's love to those around her. Sarah's story reminds us of the profound impact of a life rooted in faith and filled with love and devotion. Not only to people, but to God and how that can impact others. It challenges us to take God's word seriously, meditate on its truths and allow it to transform our hearts and actions for the better. Christchurch, the lamp of faith illuminates the faith to a purposeful life. As we shine brightly for others, we inspire hope 
and bring God's love to the world. Let us pray and let us continue to pay attention to his word and embrace it with all our hearts. Can I ask you to just stand to your feet? As we go our separate ways this morning, And as we reflect on today's message, I'd like to leave you with a question. And the question is very simple. How can you shine the light of faith in your daily life and help others find their way to God? This is a very simple but profound question that will help us on our faith journey. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for today. We thank you for the word that you've given us. We thank you that it's challenged us. We thank you for the powerful teachings that we get from your word. Help us, Lord, to be the light this world needs. Help us to guide others to your love and to your grace. Father, we just thank you. We lift up our hands and we receive your love this morning. We invite Holy Spirit into this place to touch us, to meet us at our very point of need. Father, we just thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your continuous love. We thank you for your kindness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.